How was your Easter, Carl? Well, I do a thing. I have a tradition. It's called Feaster. Okay. And my wife and I avoid our families and eat crab legs. Amazing. And uh, it was amazing, yes. I didn't have a traditional uh, Easter either. No, what'd you do? I celebrated the King of Kings. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I bought a Jerry Lawler action figure. Oh, jeez. Let's, uh, what do you say we start? <laughs> he's not joking. Guys, he's not joking. No, it's on the set over there. I'll show you all yep, later. I know. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give the people what they want. Sensation, horror, shock. I'm going to deliver the goods because I'm alive and I'm not backing down. Vomit-inducing thing. Hola, creepos! Welcome to another edition of the Creep Off, the show about creeps by creeps for you creeps. I'm your host. The Tower of Power, too sweet to be sour. The people's champion. And Carl is here too. <laughs> what is happening, Vinny? Oh, it's just nice to hear your voice. I can't see you on the screen today. Vinny's got his... Oh, there it is. Okay. Probably Vinny, for the best. Vinny's got his other show going again now, Comedy the Carlson cast. And I have a new producer who has changed everything and back here. And studio's all screwed up. No, it's better. I just need to learn the changes that have been made, and that's on me. Whoa, so, everybody... Look at that with a, a good attitude out of the gate today. I'm impressed. I should be, frankly, pissed. But you know what I am happy about, Carl? What are you happy about? We've been working hard this week, and we are putting together this uh, Patreon. We recorded our first Patreon episode last week. Correct. It's on YouTube. We haven't released the audio version yet. It's coming. You'll get it this week. But uh, It's about we, Jared Fogle. It was uh, it was fun. We had a really good time yeah. doing it. So uh, keep an ear out for that. I know we promised you would be out last week and that you know some of you are mad and calling us liars. Carl and I were discussing it, and we had been talking about how we wanted to have two separate, like, Tiny tears, just like the little ones. If you like the show, you want to support us, help us out. But we were trying to figure out how to make that fun for everybody. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have a sub contest going, don't we, Carl? Yes, we do. Why don't you explain to the people what's going to happen? You can vote for your favorite host of the Creep Off by either submitting to uh, Carl's Cousaroos uh-huh. or what is it, Uncle Vinny's Toddler Touchers? No, just... that's not even close. <laughs> What is your one? We're the we're the Vietnam true believers. Vietnam true believers. And what's going to happen is we're going to be counting behind the scenes who's signing up for which tiers. And then when one of us gets to 50 subscribers, the other one has to spin a separate wheel. Yes. We'll have a separate wheel of consequences of the Patreon. Yes, and it will be a Patreon episode only where we will spin this wheel. Yes. And uh, the things that are going to be on this wheel, what I'd like to do, Carl, is I would like to make sure that when we spin that wheel, all of the consequences are going to be able to be paid right then and there. Oh, okay. I thought we talked about having them all be, we have to do one-off podcasts on different subjects. And the wheel would be all the different subject matter. We have to do a one-off podcast. Ooh, that's a good idea, too. Yeah. Well, folks. That's what you said the last time I said that to you. (laughs) Well, we've been throwing ideas around. We're just having way too much fun with us. Yes. And we probably shouldn't because it's going to suck for one of us. We're not getting very much done, but we have been throwing out a lot of ideas. We're going to try to come up with the best ideas that we can. So uh, keep an eye out for the Patreon. We're also recording this week a Creep Off Who Are These Podcasts crossover event. I've heard that. That will be on Patreon as well. Which day are we doing that? Wednesday. Okay. I don't need... Okay. I'll be there. Okay. Very good. Fucking forgot about that. I know. I figured you did. 
Oh, let's talk about last week. Yes, let's talk about last week. It was the creepiest Easter creep. Yeah. And my guy murdered his eight nieces and nephews, his brother, his mother, and his uh, ex-girlfriend slash new sister-in-law. He's still trying to win? Still trying to win, Vinny? Let's take a look at the voting. What happened? You won. Carl wins with 53% of the vote. That's bullshit for a lot of reasons. You and I both know it's bullshit. The people have spoken. Congratulations. It was a free and fair election that I won fair and square. That means I am up two to zero this round of the creep off, Vinny. You got to dig yourself out of a hole, my friend. Now, I have that opportunity because today uh, this is a category that Carl chose. It is. Carl, tell the people what you chose. We are going to do the creepiest author. In spite of us never finishing a book in our lives. <laughs> yeah, I, I brought Jim Davis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who is the, your creepiest author, Carl? Oh, are, we getting, are we getting started? Let's do it. My creepiest author has written two books. The first one was written about seven years ago, or at least was put out about seven years ago. It's called All Things Possible. Are you familiar with this book? No, it sounds Many. awful. Anyway, well, it wasn't great. Uh, I'll just read from The New Republic. On the eve of being elected to a second term as governor of New York, Andrew, oh, Cuomo, here we go Andrew Cuomo published his memoir, All Things Possible. It is an overlong, at more than 550 pages, cliche-ridden and hopelessly dull book. Cuomo was paid more than $700,000 advance by HarperCollins. And the book had an announced initial print run of 200,000, but five months after it was published, it had sold just over 3,000 copies in hardcover and 13 audiobooks. Well, I'm sure he could have done better on his second attempt. Even by the dismal standards of the subgenre of books by politicians, this was a flop. Based on a conservative estimate of the governor's advance, Cuomo earned about $200 for every hardcover sold. So you would think this is not a guy you want to be throwing money at to write a book. How, who do you think sold more? Cuomo's first book or Stuttering John's autobiography? Ooh, that would be a close one. That's interesting. I would I, like to know the numbers on I want that. to get a forensic accountant on that. Cuomo published a follow-up, American Crisis, Leadership Lessons from the Pandemic, last fall. According to the New York Times, the bidding process for that book ended with a high offer of more than $4 million. It has sold about 45,000 copies. Oh, it, too, is a disaster from a sales standpoint. And that was before Cuomo was hit with a cascade of scandals. Its publisher stopped promoting it earlier this year. So it's one of those things where... It's donezo. The people who had him write this book and gave him this $4 million had to be kind of like, well, he's on TV every day. Yeah. He could pitch the book. And he did. He did pitch the book every day on his TV show that he won an Emmy for. Yeah. So let's remember that while I'm saying that Governor Cuomo is an author, he's many things beyond an author. Is there ever been an Emmy Award winner who's written a book that was so poorly received? I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Maybe Chelsea Handler is one of her dumb books or something. I don't know. Interesting. I got a little Chelsea Handler information in my uh, presentation today. Interesting oh, that you bring that up. So, what's been going on with the governor, if you've been paying attention to the news lately, is some women are coming forward and saying that uh, Governor Cuomo is a bit of a gropey and uh, uncomfortable person to be around. He's a little handsy. It started with Lindsay Boylan. And uh, Lindsay Boylan was 33 when uh, Cuomo was 60, and this happened. 
Lindsay Boylan, the former Cuomo aide, says the governor invited her to a game of strip poker and kissed her on the mouth without consent. So the two separate incidences here, one of them was she was getting out of the office. She was just got up to walk out of his office. He stood in front of her and kissed her on the mouth as she was just trying to walk out of the office. Some huh. workplace shenanigans going on there. Before you leave. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. So we had uh, Lindsay Boylan and then Charlotte Bennett came out. She was 24 while Cuomo was 62. And uh, let's see what, uh, what she has to say here. He implied to me that I was old enough for him and he was lonely. He would ask her about her sex life and asked her if she would sleep with older men or if she enjoyed sleeping with older men. Did you enjoy watching the Howdy Doody program when you were young? <laughs> He's two I generations. had a Howdy Doody doll that I loved. He's two generations removed from these women that he's hitting on. Uh, and I, I'm i glad he's striking out, but it, he doesn't slow down. I he, mean, I got it. I'm not, not going to lie. Down. I find it very interesting. Two governors that we've had have had trouble getting women. Elliot Spitzer, Spitzer is that Spitzer had one? to yeah. go pay for it. Yeah. And Cuomo's just striking out all over town. He's fucking Casey Jones. <laughs> so bad. At the fucking plate. Uh, Anna Liss was the third accuser. Anna, someone who I actually know who lives here in Rochester. And then we had Anna Roosh. Uh, do you Anna, know one of the accusers? I do, yeah. I was on a, a voluntary board with her for oh, years. Oh, really? She's yeah. just a liar? She's not. She is a straight shooter. She's, a, she's just a filthy liar. She is a straight shooter, She has a political friends. agenda. Uh, yeah, she does have a political agenda. She's a staunch Democrat. She worked for him. All of these people are Democrats who worked for him and are root, were rooting for him. It's all right-wing that's how you. That's how you know this is real, because they're not trying to ruin the other party, a political opponent or anything like that. Anna Roosh was 32 in 2019 when he tried to kiss her at a wedding. We've all seen this photo. That's a great picture. It's a great photo. She looks terrified. He's got his hands on her cheeks. And he's just like leaning in for the kiss. And she went, if you could read any body language here, you could tell she wants nothing to do with this kiss. Honest to God, it's like a, a one of those pictures of a kid on Santa's lap that yes. just reacted horribly. <laughs> yes. There is shock, fear, and just disgust all in that woman's eyes all at once. So that was the fourth accuser. Number five is still unidentified because she currently works for him. Listen to this story. This is this is great. A female aide to Cuomo alleges he summoned her to the executive mansion to help him with a technical issue involving his mobile phone. The article goes on to say the governor aggressively groped her late last year by reaching under her blouse and fondling her. So, so he was like, how do you open one of these incognito tabs? <laughs> right, yeah. Is it by twisting your nipples like so? He, he, like, was, he was being uh, Grandpa Cuomo. I can't figure out my iPhone. I'm going to need to have like uh, a young lady come over to my house to help me figure this out. Come help Pop Pop fix his phone. Yes, which is not a great move. I don't think that's the way I would go about it personally. Like, wow, I'm such an old doddering idiot. Why don't you come over so I can fondle your breasts? <laughs> Not the best way to go about that. After that, we had Karen Hinton. Miss Hinton told the Post that Mr. Cuomo had given her unsolicited, intimate embrace after summoning her to a hotel room in 2000. He picked me up and lifted both of my legs over his shoulders. <laughs> like, what did he do? She said she had resisted when he tried to do it a second time. Okay. 
Jessica Bakeman was accuser number seven, a former Albany reporter who described several instances when Mr. Cuomo was either physically inappropriate with her or publicly demeaned her. Then we have the eighth accuser. That's eight if you're keeping track at home. This would be Alyssa McGrath, also a current staff member. She still works there? Yes. Okay, sorry. Now, a current employee is accusing the New York governor. She's the eighth woman to come forward accusing Andrew Cuomo of sexual harassment. Alyssa McGrath is her name. She's the first current staffer from the governor's office to speak publicly about allegations. She told the New York Times that the governor looked down her, her shirt, asked about her lack of a wedding ring, and told her in Italian she was beautiful. And by the way, he's right about that. She's good looking? Uh, I, w- I would look down this woman's shirt if I could get away with it. Yeah. I mean, that... It's. He said she was beautiful, beautiful in Italian. In Italian. That's, He's that's just an old dumb flirt. Oh, it gets worse than that. <laughs> Listen to this when he was calling her. The 33-year-old also claims the governor called her co-worker and her, quoting now, mingle mamas. That's, that's so I don't know. dumb. Well, this guy is so out of it. Mingle mamas? The mingle mamas. He's making nicknames for these chicks. Hey, it's my mingle mamas. Forget about it. What a fucking... <laughs> Square. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I wonder why he keeps striking out. He's just waiting for the Sadie Hawkins dance, waiting for one of them to ask about this just right. old school loser. <laughs> so he's the worst. And honest to God, yeah. mingle mamas. What does that even mean? I, I, I was trying to figure that out. My wife this I, morning. Is he like, we were listening to that clip, and I'm like, what is, what is that? What I, here's my guess. Yeah. They're both single and ready to mingle. The single mingle mamas. That's hey, it. It must be. Oh, God. I'm, he sucks. I hate that I have an Italian brain. <laughs> he, Yeah, I know. You figured that out. You were able to connect the dots on that one. He's so bad. How bad is he? He's How bad so is bad he? that everyone wants him out, including people in his own party. More than 55 of the state's Democratic lawmakers and the mayor of New York City want the Absolutely governor out. It is disgusting to me. And he can no longer serve as governor. Watch him. That's Mayor de Blasio. Watch him, Blasio. Calling out Cuomo. Well, as you know, Vinny, Cuomo's not going anywhere. He no, is he's denying everything. I also want to be clear. There is still a question of the truth. I did not do what has been alleged. Period. Hmm. He is just denying, even though... Please look at this chart. <laughs> That shows. Now, if you look at this chart, this is a woman's breast going up, and then it comes back down while she's lying on her back. It goes up and then down. I intend to flatten this curve. I bet you he's one of those guys who does the side hug, where he gets the hand just a little kind of far on the side. Oh, yeah. Where he, I bet you he's one they, of those. There's a, a number of women who explain that, and it's, it's always the lower, ba- you know, the smaller your back move, and it's like up under the shirt. and So it's funny that he denies this. Because in a recent press conference, he decided to issue an apology. I now understand that I acted in a way that made people feel uncomfortable. Get ready for the crocodile tears. It was unintentional. And I truly and deeply apologize for it. I feel awful about it no he doesn't and frankly i am embarrassed by it and that's not easy 
to say. So he's not just an author, he's an actor as well. Wow, what an acting job. I feel so, so terrible. And if you don't think this guy is calculated and everything he does is calculated. He's a politician. Of course I think he's calculated. Yeah. Listen to this technique. This is called the repeat things over and over again technique that Cuomo is so fond of. I never touched anyone inappropriately. I never touched anyone inappropriately. I never knew at the time that I was making anyone feel uncomfortable. I never knew at the time I was making anyone feel uncomfortable. I do kind of believe I didn't that edit he's that. so oblivious. Dude, you see the look on that woman's face at the wedding? He doesn't know that people are uncomfortable around him. I don't know. Then, he's a, then he doesn't understand how society works. That could be very accurate. <laughs> Maybe, I guess. Um, yeah, that's a I didn't edit thing. that. That's I, how he talks. It's, it's so obnoxious. All I could think of is like he was about to summon Candyman. <laughs> I know. What the fuck? It's just, just like just repeating himself. So I got, I got to give credit to one of the reporters. I don't normally do that. But he asked a fair question because, as you know, he denied having done anything wrong. Right. I find it notable he was asked there by a Syracuse area radio reporter, who specifically are you apologizing to? And he only mentioned one of the three accusers, uh, the woman uh, who works in his office, uh, Charlotte Bennett. Uh, the 25-year-old who made the accusations to the New York Times about spending hours with him and realizing that the relationship was changing over time. So he's not even apologizing to most of these women. He's pretending to have his heartfelt apology. It's all bullshit. Yeah. Who are you, I thought you didn't do anything. Who are you apologizing to? Ah, I don't know. I'm Charlotte. That's the one I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's funny. He was on The View back in October before all of these uh, scandals broke out, including the nursing home scandal. Which we ha- we're not even talking about anymore. Are you almost done with this, by the way? Because, I am. You know, you get mad at me for taking forever. You know what, Vinny? I'm going to slow down. I was trying to get, I was trying to speed up, and now I feel like I'm going to take my time. Why don't you take your time? All right. I got to go on. Here's what I don't get later this afternoon. I don't know what that is. It's a podcast. I haven't even picked my topic yet. I got uh, a lot of work to yeah, do. Yeah. Well, why would you ever pick your topic without it being a couple hours before your appearance? This is Governor Cuomo. When he was promoting his book, he was on a little book tour, book promotional tour, and he was on The View talking about this. And I learned this in New York, that when you're honest with people and you tell them the truth, even when the truth is hard and even when the facts are difficult, they can rise to the occasion. This guy is so full of shit. His spokesperson admitted they lied about covering up nursing home numbers Mm -hmm. because they didn't want people to know the truth. And he's like, I wrote this book all about how you just got to be honest with people. It's all about honesty. You're a politician, so I didn't believe you anyway. And now we know for a fact that you're a liar. Lying piece of sack of shit, slut trash cans, gummies, dirt bag, bitch. So, of course, because it's The View, it's going to be a difficult interview. You know, they're going to really bombard him with the hard questions around nursing home deaths and how he handled the pandemic. Uh, Here's a clip from that interview. Great. And we had Chelsea Handler on yesterday who has admitted to having a significant crush on you. 
and she asked us to follow up on something. So I just want you to take a look at this. We were so dehydrated for real leadership that when he came on the scene, you know, looking like this big Italian hunk, I was like, oh, my, he's like, wear a mask. I'm like, I'll wear a mask. I'll put a mask on every part of my body. I want to flatten your curve and you can flatten my curve and then we can both <laughs> apex together. I did have a conversation with Cuomo a few months ago and I did ask him out on a date and he did say yes. And then I never heard from him. <laughs> mm. Governor, are you ghosting yeah. Chelsea Handler? <laughs> These people should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> it's the television show. This has all made me uncomfortable. I know. I feel like I've been victimized. It's so fucking bad. So Chelsea wants to date Governor Cuomo. So now Cuomo has to answer whether or not he will date Chelsea Handler. And this is how he responds to that. I'm a big fan of Chelsea's uh, and she is great. Uh, and uh, we have fun. Uh, but on my dating life, uh, you know, I am only dating at this point in-state residents, right? I vote, I'm dating New York <laughs> residents. And so. Translation Chelsea's 50 years old. Are you fucking crazy? I date 20 somethings and maybe 30 somethings if I'm desperate that day. Oh, that's amazing. I just think that's so funny because it was it was back in October before Are all of this. Ghosted Chelsea. Ugh. Yes. Beyond the specific harassment allegations, dozens of current and former employees have described the governor's office more broadly as a toxic workplace. So he's also the Ellen DeGeneres of politicians. You don't look me this. in the eyes. Yep. On top of all of this. So that's my creep for this week. Author. Governor Andrew Cuomo, who still currently, some for some reason, is still our, the governor of New York State. Wow. That's a good one, Carl. Thanks, Vinny. I'd like to talk about my creep now. Take it away, my friend. We're going to go very close to your homeland. Okay. We're going to Austria, Carl. All right. We're going to talk we about... Were there, we were there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Today, we are going to talk about Austria. Okay. I had to Google serial killers and authors, and I'm looking through stuff, and I cannot believe I hadn't heard of this case. This guy's name is Jack Unterweger. I think that I'm saying this correctly. Okay. Now, his mother was a hooker. He was the son of an American GI right after World War II. Dad went back to America, left him there with his mom. And apparently in Austria, Carl, one of the things that I want to make very clear at the beginning of the story, prostitution is legal in Austria. You could be a hooker all day long, no problem at all. Very different society than here. Right. Like the okay. red light district in uh, In the Netherlands. Exactly yeah. right. So his mom was a prostitute. She goes to jail for forgery. And poor little Jack has to go live with his peepaw. I just want to give a little picture of this guy's early life. Jack's mother abandoned him. He spent seven years living in an isolated shack with his grandfather, who Unterweger claimed was an abusive alcoholic. This grandfather was constantly bringing women to the house, girlfriends and prostitutes, and there was only one room, so little Jack was practically sleeping under the same covers when this grandfather had sex with his girlfriends and these prostitutes. This is a child under the, the age of seven. deemed unfit to raise the boy. And this is a clip from his book later where he talks about the things he would do for his grandfather. Grandpa made me show off to the others how well I could hold my liquor. I drink schnapps straight from the bottle. 
they would make him drink snop straight from the bottle till he would pass out. So so far, what you're telling me is this kid grew up able to drink booze. And watch all the porn that he wanted to. Oh, wah, wah. Poor kid. Yeah. What a tough tough life he has. It sounds like everything was going great so far. Yeah, I agree. He ends up becoming a ward of the state. Austria takes him out of the grandpa's house, and they put him in foster homes. I bet he's watching a lot less uh, live sex acts at this point. He's probably kind of bummed about that. (laughs) Maybe. He decides to make his own porn, Carl. Because between the ages of 16 and 25, he was convicted of 16 crimes, most of which were sexual assaults. Okay. So he was running around sexually assaulting, raping people, breaking into their houses, robbery, all sorts of stuff. Now, he spent the majority of these years in prison, only remaining free for an estimated 12 months total of nine years. Good. So he was just coming out for a couple weeks, back in jail, coming out, back in jail, constantly getting trouble. He's not good at getting away with things. Is what you would say. He Very is good at getting caught. Terrible at getting away with things, this yeah. guy. So in 19, uh, I believe, 74, things started getting a little darker. Then in the winter of 1974, Unterweger's criminal activities took an even darker turn when he met 18-year-old Margaret Schaefer. Margaret was a friend of Jack Unterweger's girlfriend at the time. As was usually the case, Jack was broke and looking for an easy mark. Jack and his German girlfriend arrive in this town where she is from, and they see her school friend, Margaret, walking down the sidewalk. And Jack suggests that she get into the car. Margaret gets into the car, and Jack, it seems, very impulsively decides, well, we'll rob her, and we'll rob her parents' house. Perfect. Two birds, but one stone. But wasn't satisfied with just robbery. Nope. So he drives outside of town, finds a wooded area. She's terrified. He commands her to undress, assaults her with the steel rod, and then at the end strangles her to death with her own bra. Leaves her in the woods yep. with the bra still tied around her neck. He left her, spread eagle, with a stick coming out of her asshole. Like it was like a fucking golf hole. Okay, it's kind of funny. He's got a sense of humor. He's guy. got a style. I'm going to tell you something about this guy. Of all the creeps that we've ever covered, yep. the man has style. Good. The girlfriend is the one who ends up turning him in for this when they find the girl dead. So he gets in front of the cops and he's like, Yes, I did sex him up a little bit. So he ends up, because he murdered and raped this girl with a lead pipe, beat her up and then stuck, shoved a stick up her ass and left her. Just And the way he posed her body, too, was face down, her legs as far spread open as he could get them with a stick in her ass just by a walking trail so people would find her. I mean, he, the smile on your face as you described that is disturbing. It's not, though. I'm not it's smiling. It's unnerving how much, how much you're smiling about this. So he confesses, and he's sentenced to life in prison. You would think that that's the end of our story here. He went to prison, life in prison. He did this. I'm well, waiting for him to write a fucking book or well, a blog let, or something. Let's Tweet. talk. Do let's, something to be an author. Let's talk about his time in jail. Okay. Unterweger decided to use his time in jail to improve his meager education. Unterweger spent much of his time in the prison library, reading numerous books and developing his own literary skills. He became prolific, creating plays and poems. He also wrote children's stories that were broadcast on Austrian radio. Yep. 
And so already with his children's stories, he began to win advocates. People began to think, oh, he's, he's actually a tender-hearted guy. So he's in jail, and now all of these socialite people are like, oh, he's just, Unzi's just misunderstood. Right. The little Schwarzenegger kids grew up listening to fucking Jack Wittenberger's whatever the fuck shows on the radio. He's becoming a celebrity in prison. And then in, Good for him. in 1984, his first book, his prison autobiography, uh, I'm going to give you the English translation of the title, Purgatory or the Trip to Jail, A Report of a Guilty Man. Became a bestseller. That's not a catchy title. It became a bestseller. People loved it. Does it have children's stories in it? No. This is just the story of his life. In fact, they loved it so much. The book caught the eye of Austrian director Willy Hengstler, who decided to make a film based on Unterweger's autobiography. The movie didn't end up getting made because he got into an argument with the director. Because the title sucks. It was just called Purgatory. That's what they were going to call it. So they were going to make the movie, but he got into a fight with this director after... And he goes, I want to be the hero of the story. They're like, no, no, no. You are certainly not the hero of the story, sir. Oh, okay. That yeah. was the disagreement. That yeah, it didn't, it didn't end up uh, coming out. So after all these years of all these people talking about what a sweetheart he is, 15 years into a life sentence. After serving only 15 years of a life sentence, Unterweger would gain his freedom and become a celebrity. He was let out of jail, Carl. Well, of course. He's a national treasure. After 15 years yeah. for murdering a girl, robbing her parents, shoving a stick of brass, and leaving her in the woods. Out of prison, Unterweger became a genuine celebrity. He played the role to the hilt, posing for magazine covers, frequenting trendy cafes, even chatting with the intellectuals on TV. Hold on a second. What is he frequenting cafes? <laughs> like that well, that part of it. He was going to the trendy else. spots. He's like being seen everywhere. <laughs> he even went and had coffee at a cafe. Like, okay. Know, did you just need three things? Is that why they put that in there? He wrote poetry. Yeah. He wrote all this stuff. And he really was interested in the genre of true crime. He becomes a reporter as well. He starts working for the Austrian uh, radio news. Now, his name is like poetry, poetry. Oh, sorry. I hate you so much. Uh, He showed up on TV, dude, and you should see the way he looked. He wore, like, white silk suits. He was dressed like Bruce Pritchard, his brother love. Okay. Like, with just a big red flower on the palette. And he's just like, we need to talk about the seriousness of what is happening to the people in the prisons. They are suffering so much. Did you guys all hear that wrestling reference? Everybody drink. (laughs) Jesus Christ with you every fucking time. Soon after he's released from prison, the body of Blanca Bakova was found floating in the Vitvaya River near Prague in the Czech Republic. Her body was found covered in leaves with a set of gray stockings tied around her neck. Mm. And uh, it's weird because he was in Prague that night giving a reading. Weird. Hmm. Weird. Uh, Friends had seen her the night before previously getting drinks. When they left shortly before midnight, they noted that Bakava was talking to a man in his 40s. A few weeks later, a well-known sex worker in Unterweger's hometown went missing. Her body was found several months later, and she was killed the same way as Bokava. A third woman was killed shortly after the others. She was found on her back, also covered in leaves, and all three were strangled with either their bras or their stockings. Hey, that's fucked up. Our boy Jack, he's a reporter now. And... What do reporters do? One week after the first two bodies were found, a reporter for the Austrian national radio, Jack Unterweger, appeared at the Vienna police headquarters. 
he was asking for an interview. That's your father. The topic of the interview <laughs> was how great is the fear in this time uh, in Vienna. Detective Max Edelbacher agreed to answer the reporter's questions. So he's getting all the inside info on what's going on, who they're looking for. Yeah. And then he went even further. He went out and started interviewing the hookers. How do you protect yourself? Well, you can't protect yourself because something can always happen to you out on the street. Whether it's the killer who's murdering everyone or not, something can always happen. Around this time, three more murders happen. Three more besides the three that we just talked about? Yes. Okay, three so more murders happen. Now? Yeah. And they're happening around where his hometown where he grew up, yeah. right? A retired detective who had worked on his original case where he went to prison called the Vienna Police Department and said, listen, you need to look into this guy, not for nothing. This is the way the body was found the first time with the, the bra around the You know the what the police said? No shit, Sherlock! No shit! They never even thought about oh, it. Oh, right? <laughs> so as he, they start like interviewing him and like looking into him, he takes a job in the U.S. of A. He decides, I'm getting the fuck out of here. He goes to L.A. USA! USA! Jack left the country to go to Los Angeles. The ostensible business in Los Angeles was to write magazine articles on its criminality. He was there for five weeks. During this time, the murders in Vienna stopped. Well, shocking. <laughs> we we got to know well, what's going on here. As he's in L.A., he goes up to the, uh, to the police department in L.A. He's like, I'm a journalist from Austria. Could you tell me all about your prostitutes? <laughs> and, I hope he worded it better than that. No, I'm pretty sure that's exactly how he did it. He's like, yeah, I wear my white suits. Let's have fun. How <laughs> <laughs> fun. He's just having a good time. During his time in L.A., he's doing ride-arounds with the cops, and he stayed at a now infamous hotel thanks to Netflix. He stayed at the Hotel Cecil, which uh, if you haven't seen that documentary, you might be kind of interested in it. I am familiar, yes. Yeah, yeah. He was staying at the Hotel Cecil, and uh, during his time there, they found three hookers beaten to death. With their own underwear tied around their necks. So, suicide, right? Suicides, yeah. Probably suicide. But it was like a Thursday at that place. They were just like, yeah, oh, right. there's only three this week. <laughs> yeah. He was a naughty boy when he was at LA. Sounds like it, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I can't say he did it, but... Ooh, that's a bingo. It certainly is. 1992 now, he goes back to Austria. So he's getting better at getting away with shit. He's just, he, he, he went from one place, he left to get the heat off of him, yeah. goes and does a bunch of shit at another place, yeah. comes back. Now, remember, it's 1992. He got out of prison in 1990. We're talking about seven bodies right now. Yeah. Okay? Now, he goes back to Austria, four more hookers found with their own underwear tied around their necks in the woods. Udenweger is detained because he was a suspect originally. They start talking to him. He starts giving his uh, alibis for where he was, and it turns out that uh, his alibis didn't pan out, Carl. Yeah, no shit. And it also turns out that his schedule for his appearances, because he was such a fancy boy celebrity, were all suspiciously close to all of these murders. They then went into his car and looked through his BMW, and with the early DNA tests, they were able to... uh, track the victim's DNA into his car. Uh, he was found guilty of nine counts of murder. We believe he murdered like 12 people after he got out of prison. Okay. He gets convicted. He goes to jail. 
He's sentenced to life without possibility of parole. He's back in prison. Okay. Hangs himself with his own uh, pajama pants. Oh, yeah? He got Epsteined? He Epsteined himself. He yeah. just fucking offed himself. The conclusion is... If you educate a psychopath, what do you have? You have an educated psychopath. We've not rehabilitated him. We've not fixed him. We've not made him better. We probably made him more dangerous. These fucking people, these celebrity worshipers, wanted to have this great reform story. Yep. Look at what the penal system did. We were able to turn around a sex maniac and uh, convert him. And he's living the high life, radio, TV, and he's murdering hookers, leaving him spread eagle in the woods. That's I my creep. It. You know what I love about you, Vinny? I've picked up on something with you. What's that? You get obsessed with a specific detail and always repeat it three to five times throughout your presentation. I did not make anyone feel uncomfortable to my knowledge. <laughs> I Hi, did Vinny. not make anyone feel uncomfortable to my knowledge. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I know that's a technique that you have. Apparently. It's not working. I'm up to nothing. Please go to thecreepoff.com and vote for Carl and Governor Andrew Cuomo. I think that uh, Jack Utenweger is way more interesting. Definitely a bigger creep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, uh, I mean, who did Cuomo ever kill? Just old people. (laughs) Just thousands of old people. (laughs) You shouldn't have brought that up. (laughs) Uh, Well, (sighs) the voicemail segment is brought to you by the terrible, terrible city of Syracuse. The Creepoff voicemail segment is brought to you by the City of Syracuse. Syracuse, a leader in dyslexia research. You win, Syracuse C. Let's listen to some voicemails, shall we, Carl? Let's do it. Carl, you big dummy, you missed a perfect opportunity to compare your creep with freaking Vinny's creep. In today's standards, those would both be mass shootings. At least four people were wounded or killed, and yeah, fucking... Ta-da, mass shooting. So your guys' uh, creeps are totally equal. Also, Vinny, that intro with Alex Jones is pretty awesome, so keep that in there. All right, bye. All right, I'll take it. Well, the people understood, and they voted the right way. You know, dude, I always think it's really fun of you to, like, after hours when you put time into the show. Here's Carl leaving a voicemail for all of us to enjoy. Hey, Vin, it's Carl. You know what I don't like? You making fun of my tiny little girl club feet. But what I do like is saving 20% at manscaped.com where you can shave your balls and bet on the sabers. 20% off with with code WATP. Now, what you can do with this is you can shave your big manly feet that are normal size and not small and girly and club like Vinny has to say. I got normal size feet, all right? That's a great voicemail, Carl. Thank you. It's WATP20 at manscaped.com for no. 20% off. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> and I would never bet on the Sabres. That's a really bad idea. Yeah, you bet against the Sabres. Bet against the Sabres. All right, here's an interesting one. Hey, guys. Farmer D here. Uh, I know I'm a, a couple weeks behind on this, but just heard the scum parade about the guy who got caught jacking it with a pickle up his ass. Um, I just got to ask. Why a pickle? Why not just a cucumber? I mean, like, if you got, like, a fruit fetish or a veg fetish or something, you just, you got to have produce. Why the pickle? Like, is the vinegar, does that add something? Vinny, you should know about this, right? Why don't you weigh in on this? And no pun intended. Well, why shove anything in your asshole? That's the obvious this is answer. Not, that's not the question to ask. It's not, well, why not a cucumber? It's why you put something up your asshole while you're jacking it. Jacking it, jacking it, jacking it, jack. Now, I would like to answer the question seriously because oh. I did take some time to think about it. It was such an interesting question. Okay. Yeah, I'm guessing the answer is because pickles are ribbed for his pleasure. Now, our next voicemail. 
uh, came from the Syracuse guy. Hey, guys. This is Syracuse guy calling back in. Just getting caught up on uh, past episodes, and do you guys think that chicken fingers are regional Syracuse food? Because that is not the case at all. We actually have way more disgusting stuff that you could have looked into. And not for nothing, but you might not want to be making fun of another city's regional foods when Rochester's signature dish is the garbage plate. Oh, you got us. Oh, Rochester's the garbage plate. Sure showed me. Garbage plates are delicious. They're fucking delicious, They're amazing. you fucking Syracuse dummy. Should be ashamed. I don't remember ever talking about chicken fingers. It was in one of the things. They said, try our signature dish, chicken fingers. Oh, okay. It was it was the Syracuse Tourism Board gotcha, that brought okay. it up. All right. Uh, I don't know what this means. After listening to uh, this week's WATP, I have to assume that Carl Ever winning is an example of white supremacy. <laughs> Vinny Winnie, people of colors champ. <laughs> yes, I'm for I it. agree. Okay. I only ever win because of white supremacy. That's true. Congratulations, white supremacist. You've won twice recently. <laughs> hey, creeperoos. I have a pitch for the wheel. How about one of the punishments is opponent's choice, where the opponent, the winner, like, decides the punishment. Interesting. It's, like, yeah, it's in the name. It's not that hard to explain. <laughs> no, I understand. Yeah, <laughs> but I feel like it's a it, good yes. idea <laughs> because it nullifies the rule of first refusal because the winner could just pick the punishment that they wanted them to do anyway. All right. Uh, uh, I don't know. Carl, I mean, you're okay, I guess. Bye. Uh, hey, thanks, buddy. Uh, I like that idea. You like that one? Yeah, what do you think? I'm in. I'll put it on. Okay. Winner's choice. Winner's choice. That's kind of cool. See you in Gary, Indiana. Yep. Yep. On my way to Detroit. <laughs> Can I come? We'll see. All right. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I guess that makes it time for a scum parade. Shall we jump into the scum parade? Oh, game? I am ready for that, my friend. Watch out for the scum parade. Oh, no, it's the scum parade. Look out for the scum parade. Making Vinny's Rock Brigade came up in my Apple Music yesterday nice. in my car. And I'll tell you what, I'm glad you played that. You get, so, uh, you get excited about that, don't you? Oh, yeah, man. Gets me going. April 1st, we're going down to South Carolina, Carl. Okay. A man who police saw strolling naked uh, told officers that he was doing a, quote, walk of shame as penance for cheating on his wife. Makes sense. Not really. According to the arrest report, investigators say that Michael Boatman, 41, was spotted by a sheriff's deputy around 1.10 a.m. as he walked on a Spartanburg street with just a clear bag over his genitals and a blunt in his hand. Don't bother with the clear <laughs> bag. It's not helping anything. You should have just got a paper bag. You would have had no problem, sir. Just suffocating his cock. Uh, he was just, he was explained to the cops that he's just doing the walk of shame, which he needed to, quote, complete for his wife. A second officer noted that Bowman said that he had cheated on his wife and was doing the walk of shame to uh, win her back. Uh, he referenced Adam and Eve from the Bible, stating that he was willing to go to jail for his acts, okay. which was very strange. Uh, the cops uh, noted that Boatman 
uh, admitted to earlier taking meth oh. while being questioned by the police. All right. And he allegedly sought to run away from the deputies. <laughs> so he's naked with a plastic bag tied around his dick yes. and a blunt. And he's like, listen, man, Adam and Eve, they didn't have to go to jail, but I'll go to jail because I love my lady. And then he takes off trying to run and try to catch him. It's the weirdest fucking conversation. Well, also, yeah. The, none of They the- had a little meth. What of it? You know? So the cops had to tackle him and handcuff him. Yep. And I would just let him get away. I think that if you wrestle a naked man, you're gay. I think that makes you gay. (laughs) (laughs) I declare these cops to be homosexuals Uh, for tackling this guy. Vinny, should we add walk down the street naked to the Wheel of uh, Consequences? No, I don't okay. think we should. The walk of shame, wheel of consequence? Nah, I think we're good. <laughs> you know, though, like, I think that the cops should have let him go, too. And they should have just, there should have been some, like, uh, it should have just cut to, like, a movie ending. And, like, just him running away in slow motion. And, like, Brian Adams, everything I do, <laughs> do it for you, comes on. Oh, boy. I think that'd be fun. Uh, he's got quite the rap sheet. Three separate domestic violence convictions. And a bunch of other stuff. He was charged with disorderly conduct, indecent exposure, and marijuana possession. So, wouldn't it be funny Did if his the wife bag, take him back though? At least, who knows? <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's not coming to bail him out. Yeah, but I wouldn't it be funny if it was just like his weed bag that he put over his dick and just had oh, all the keef? Pro- and that fucking, probably is why it was uh, clear. I hope he got some seeds in his dick hole. <laughs> Stupid asshole. <laughs> all right. Uh, this is a fun story, Carl. Some seeds in his dickhole. Yeah. Can we name the episode Seeds in His Dickhole? Throw it out there as a suggestion. It's, All right, keep it's going. It's up there. Keep going. Uh, Nitika Deontay Lee, 49, was charged in 2015 with this crime, but was a fugitive for five years before being arrested in July of 2020. Prosecutor said she spent some of that time in Mexico. What she did was in 2005, she traveled from her home in Dallas to uh, somewhere near St. Louis. She then had a little bit of a party in a hotel room. She had one of those fun doctor parties. It's like a Tupperware party, but just a little different. Now, she injected liquid silicone into the buttocks of a victim, prosecutor said. Dasha Phillips died four days later of silicone pulmonary embolsion, prosecutors said, meaning the silicone entered her bloodstream and became trapped in her lungs. Philip had trouble breathing shortly after returning home and was taken to a hospital where she was later declared brain dead. Phillips was a dancer at the Pink Slip, a nightclub in Brooklyn, where she used the name Milani Mulan, the shake police said. Ass, bitch, and let me see what you got. Just shake that ass, bitch, and let me see what you got. Just shake that ass. That's some Home Depot buddy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Some fucking lows up in that ass. Fucking Carl. It's the shit you fucking cock your tub with. They shoved it into this woman's ass. All to make a few more tips at the pink slip where she worked in uh, in Brooklyn. Yeah, well, she got the pink slip from life. Yep. I like that name, though, pink slip. It's not bad. It's not- there were three other people who went with Phillips. One of them backed out and said, you know, maybe I'm not going to do this. And then the other three went ahead and did it. The other two didn't appear to suffer any ill effects other than they now have liquid silicone <laughs> just in their fucking I'm butt sure, cheeks. I'm sure it looks amazing. I'm sure that's a great look. You could just like, Jesus doesn't that Christ. shit get hard? Doesn't silicone, like when you, doesn't it just end up being I don't speak, rubber? I don't speak for all guys here, but make your boobs bigger. Work on the boobs. I'm an ass man. Now you're like a nice, 
Nice ass. I know, but the, the ass can have a shape to it without having implants. Sure. I think I blame the Kardashians for this. Yes. Agreed. I do. I also it's, blame it's the a, guy who wrote this song. Shake that ass, bitch, and let me see what you got. Just shake that ass, bitch, and let me see what you got. So this lady has got quite the rap sheet. She's finally been brought to justice, and she was sentenced this past Thursday, which is why we're doing the story. Would you like to know what she got for injecting liquid silicone into a stripper's butt? Want to guess the sentence, Carl? I don't, I don't know. I don't remember that ba, part. Ba, 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 da, 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 five years. Okay. Honestly, I don't think the the victim's a, an idiot. I, I, so is the perpetrator. Yeah, but this was something that they decided they wanted to do. She didn't force her to get liquid silicone injected into her ass. This was something that she wanted, and she decided to do it. Honestly, I think she got the punishment she deserved. Uh, talking about the quote-unquote, victim in this case. Yeah. And uh, I think all is right. And why would you leave Mexico? She was on the lamb in Mexico. Why'd she come back? That's a good point. That's how bad Mexico is. Like, do you want to stay here and not go to prison? Or do you want to go back to the U.S. and spend five years there? I'd rather just be in prison. All you need to know yes, about Mexico. It really does. Now, uh, the FDA, and I'm going to say this very clear in case you're thinking anybody, any of you creepomaniacs out there thinking you need to make your ass look better. Um, the FDA has not approved any liquid silicone product for body enhancements. There is none. Liquid silicone is not something that's used, period. What they do is they use fat from elsewhere in your body. So if you need a fat donor, come see your boy Vinny. All right. So you're saying you shouldn't shop at Home Depot for cosmetic surgery. Correct. Got it. Correct. Thank you for clearing that. You might be able to find a couple of guys hanging out by the uh, lawn and garden department who might be able to do it for cheap. But just say no. No shit, Sherlock! No shit! This next story came from Houston, Texas, by right. way of Eyewitness News 13. I'm going to give them a, a plug because I'm just going to read this article straight to you. All right. Mario Sanchez said he will forever remember his son Jason Sanchez Marks as a happy six-year-old boy who loved to dance and play with his toy cars. The grieving father told Eyewitness News he wants his son to know that he loved him very much and misses him more than anyone can imagine. I don't know how he thinks the news is going to get the message to his son for him, but, really you know, he's grieving. He said it's been a very long nine months waiting for justice after his son died in June 2020. Jason's mom, 25-year-old Ashley Marks, is facing a capital murder charge. She is accused of giving Jason lethal amounts of NyQuil... And street meth. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. I'm not worried about the NyQuil part of this. Like, you killed a six-year-old with Flintstone vitamins and street meth. It doesn't matter what the other thing you is. You could have saved the trip to Walmart. Yeah. You didn't have to get the NyQuil. It really doesn't matter, yeah. Uh, and she did this to collect two insurance policies worth $100,000. That sounds pretty good. Mario, the father, said she will pay for what he d she did to our son. She was thirsty for money. Ashley appeared before a judge Thursday afternoon where prosecutors read the charge against her in court. After doing some digging, we found a GoFundMe that Ashley had created in June in order to collect money for her son's funeral, whom she said, quote, passed away unexpectedly. Well, <laughs> who really I didn't handle his math. Who, who would have known? <laughs> I mean, did you know that you can't mix NyQuil and math? I wasn't. I didn't know. So the dad wasn't happy that she did it to collect $100,000. What amount of money would be appropriate for murdering your six-year-old son? That's what I wanted. I asked the father that question. I mean, not 
something. This kid sounds like a pain. He's running around dancing around with toy cars. I need that in my life. <laughs> I wasn't going to stop you on that. I think you read that wrong. He, he enjoyed toy cars and dancing. You're like, he enjoyed dancing with toy cars. Who loved to dance and play with his toy car. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> I'm out. Okay. I'm out. <laughs> We believe Ashley was purposely giving him large quantities of NyQuil and meth in an effort to kill him. And she did this and made it appear as if it was the grandfather's fault. So she tried to frame the grandpa. Why? Was he a meth head or something? Apparently. Uh, <laughs> Mario paid his son a visit at his burial site, placing one of his favorite toys on his grave, letting him know that justice will be coming soon. You can make more kids. $100,000. That could be life-changing money for some people. That story made me sad. You want to hear a story that'll cheer you right up? Yes. Okay, here we go. This is a fun one. This story was sent to me uh, by our pal gang, Greniously. Alex, you're the man. Thank you. Russian state investigators say Daria Shavakina, 30, was envious of her pal Yaroslava Korolova, who had a loving husband and a happy home life. Shavakina a Clarence cosmetic consultant was pregnant at the time and had met the other woman at her home in a Russian capital to collect secondhand baby clothes. So they're in Moscow. They're going to go out and try to find some secondhand baby clothes. Uh, her friend Yarsolava, the one who has the baby, uh, went with her, pushing the baby in the cart. It is alleged that they're in this store, and when Yarslava turns away, Daria picks up the baby... And threw it right the fuck out the window. I have it. I have actual audio from this happening. Did you find that on the web? You lay it on me. Yeah, here it is. Ba, 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 ba. Ready up? Kick the baby. Kick the baby. Kick the baby. <laughs> I, you broke another window. That's a bad baby. Bad baby. So when babies go flying in cartoons, they usually just bounce right back. I'm sure this kid was fine, right? No, oh. Carl. All right. This kid makes... Uh, Eric Clapton's kid look complete. <laughs> <laughs> this It's alleged the beautician just picked up the baby, flung her out the window. There had been no quarrel between the friends before the shocking incident, says reports. The mother rushed downstairs, but her baby was lying lifeless on the ground. According to eyewitnesses, paramedics then pronounced the little girl dead when they arrived at the heartbreaking scene. The mother of three was in shock. She had to be taken to the hospital because she fucking lost her mind. And uh, Daria, our girl, she was quickly detained and later reportedly told police she had heard voices in her head telling her to throw the baby to her death. She also reportedly claimed that she was mentally ill. I would, ag I would agree with that. Well, I think if you chuck a baby to its death, you probably have a little mental illness going on. Russian psychiatric experts at the Serbisky Institute later examined her and said that she was, quote, Faking schizophrenia. That's hilarious. I think Russia's got one over on us in America. I don't think in America, I, I think that we would say, you know, you, you can't tell this woman what her truth is. If right. she says she's hearing voices, then she's hearing voices. Russia's just like, yeah, cut the shit, asshole. Yeah, right. They can't go, <laughs> she, the bitch threw the baby out the window. She yes. As a result, she will stay at trial for murder of a minor. She faces 20 years in jail. According to the experts, she faked the disease. And uh, she gave birth to her baby well in custody. So now this kid that she was pregnant with is in the system. Right. What, what a country. <laughs> <laughs> what was it again? How fun. Yeah, what a day. What a fun day. Creepiest author. You could vote this week at thecreepoff.com. You could also uh, make sure if you're doing... Uh, some creep off related things that you check out our Instagram and our Twitter at creep off pod. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can do that at 585 371 8108. 
please keep in mind that the new Patreon will be out this Wednesday. We will put links in all of those places. So keep an eye out for those. Good voicemails this week. I liked the length of them. Yes. Well done. Everyone, great job with great the voicemails. Job. And uh, once again, as always, it's nice to be important. But it's more important to be nice. Gagia!